Cheers! Welcome, Welcome to, to Movie, movie Pitches. Pitches. Ooh, that ding was good. It was a good. It really. Ooh. Oh, that one wasn't as good. No. Oh well. As you might have heard, we are drinking wine. Yes. Shout out to our wine sponsor, Wink. Try Wink.com/slash/moviepitches. You get twenty-two dollars off your first month of wine. We're here at Sundance yes. on location. Yes, so we're at the Sundance TV headquarters, where they have graciously invited us back to record a podcast. We were very excited to get our press credentials this year for the Sundance Film Festival. Yes, I'm so excited. We got tickets. We get yes. to you know, have passes and everything. I'm just, it's very exciting. Yeah, we feel like big shots. We got invited to all the parties and everything. Like, oh yeah, thanks. I don't have to sneak my way in. Great. And every time someone looks at our badge, they laugh because it says movie bitches on yeah. it. Yeah, it's true. It's a true story. <laughs> it's kind of like, were you there at Toronto when I used my badge? And he was like, okay, thanks movie bitches. And then they were like, oh, that's that was on their badge. That's what their name is. I didn't yes, call them a yes. badge. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh no. Oh, sorry. I'm no. so nice and Canadian. <laughs> oh. But back to Sundance. Yes. So we are here in Park City, and it's been snowy, but not too bad. Yes. The first cold. year that we came, it was like a full-on blizzard the entire time, and I lost our car keys in the snow, and I did not you know you were going to tell this story. I mean, why not? <laughs> I had to, luckily, we we had our to call AAA. Car keys. Yeah, the rental car keys. It's a good thing. It's the only time I've ever used the damage waiver, and it's also the only time I've ever signed up for it. But I did it because so, you convinced me. You're like, oh, I don't know. It's snowy and stuff, hey. and it was definitely worth it. Oh, yeah, because um, not only did we have to get the car towed, but it was parked in an underground garage, so we had to get a special tow truck that yeah. tows cars from underground garages. Yeah, yeah. So that was fun. But this year's been very relaxing yeah, very and relaxed. exciting, so we thought we'd talk about the movies that we've seen and some of the stuff we've been doing and just give you a rundown on yeah. our Sundance 2020. Boo-boo. Well, oh my God, should we talk about the intro video? So, I mean, a lot of you may not have been to a film festival, but they always have like a little lead-in video. And the Sundance ones change every year with the theme. And one year it was like these horrific horror wind chimes. I felt like we were about to get murdered in the woods. <laughs> One year it was these weird like arrows going each way. It's like a little uh, little short art piece. What yeah. do you call it? You know, like a little graphic yeah. Uh, intro. Yeah, yeah, Almost yeah. Almost like a like a logo for a studio or something. Exactly, but, but it a changes little longer. Every year. Yeah, yeah, and then it's like thanks to all our sponsors, blah blah blah. But um, this year it's like I feel like they almost need an epilepsy warning. It's a lot of like pow, pcha, coo, shapes, colors, great, flashing, facts or facts. <laughs> I was just waiting to see if you were going to mention uh, the band name that we thought of. Oh, well, I mean, yes, absolutely. So <laughs> I will say also this year's logo, um, I don't know if we have anything that has it on it. This only has half the, half logo. the logo. We can put it up. I said it looked like an anus. <laughs> and then someone else said no, because it's like too filled in in the center. It looks like a gaping anus. <laughs> and then we thought that would be kind of a fabulous like rock band name. Like punk gaping, rock. I yeah, want punk an rock, all absolutely. girl punk rock band named Gaping, gaping Anus. Oh. <laughs> That's too much. I think gaping asshole's too much. Gaping, we've gone too far. But anyway, um, back to the movies, because mm -hmm. that's really what we're here for. Yeah. So the first movie that we saw was called Nowhere In. Yeah, speaking of bands. Right, with St. Vincent mm -hmm. and Carrie Brownstein, who I guess are friend, uh, best friends in real life. I yeah. Didn't, I didn't realize. Is Carrie Brownstein someone? She's the chick from Portlandia. Oh, right. And she's in, oh gosh, I'm going to forget the name of her band. Skinny, Kitten, oh boy. Oh, Ooh, I'm so sorry. I really, I used I mean, to it, know it, it's and fine. it's gone. She's in a very 
well-known and touted band. Well, so this is perfect then. Yes. A segue to talking about female bands. That makes so much more sense now. Did you not know? About this movie. Oh, yeah. I thought she was actually, like, the director. Not the director, but, like, you know what I mean? Oh, right. Like, so, so Nowhere In is, like, a mockumentary? rock mockumentary surreal uh, breakdown of traditional documentary, but also, like, with skits in between. Yes. It's, um... Yeah, basically, they explain later on in the Q&A that it started off as, like, ooh, let's just film us on tour, and it'll be, like, a tour video, and that'll be fun. And they were like, maybe this isn't so fun. And so then, and they were like, let's toss in some skits and some like, you know, bigger picture things that'll... Skits in between the num color it numbers. Up. Exactly. And then I guess it kind of took on a little bit of a life of its own. I don't know if the director, I don't remember his name. It started um, with a B. I sure. feel like it was Bill something. At <laughs> Sorry to this man. I don't know. It may know. have even been alliterative. It may have been a BB. Ooh. Seemed like they were flying by the seat of their pants a bit. Yes. Um, they have a lot of ideas. They're very creative people. Mm. I enjoyed watching them be creative, but it didn't feel like a cohesive, no. uh, like there was someone who was steering the helm mm -mm. and just really knew what was going to happen. It felt like they found a lot of it in the editing room, which yep. happens, and yeah. sometimes it works out great. Uh, I think if you love St. Vincent, which I do, I really... She seems um, pretty cool, not gonna lie. But if you love her music, like... Sure. So they talk about how her fans are so emotionally invested in her, and this girl comes back and talks to her oh, behind yeah. backstage and has a complete meltdown and cries and all these things, and that's very true. Was that real? Regardless of whether it was actually, like, tr a true fan that was crying, every person I know that loves St. Vincent love St. Like, they are sure. like, she is my life. Gotcha. I like, it, it is a thing. It's like, intense. people are very intense and connected to her. Okay. And I understand that because she has a very strong aesthetic. Mm -hmm. Her music is very effective. Uh, and so that was kind of a funny, for me at least, I was like, oh, yeah, I've met those people. I mean, it definitely at least seemed like something that has happened. Yes. It, that they perhaps then played up upon. You know, it was like, oh, let's jazz this up. Or let's, let's, I actually wish that they had done a little bit more I guess like hyperbole, like if they'd gone pushed it to eleven. Speaking of rock band mockumentaries, but like, <laughs> it wasn't that. No, it it wasn't um, interested in being overtly funny. It was no. funny at times. Yeah. Uh, but it was more surreal. It was very much more like the breakdown of friendships and female friendships uh -huh. and filmmaking and what does it mean and what's real and what's not real and and these personas we're putting on for, you know, to, yes. to be a person. Yes. it was very meta. Different. So it was more interested in doing that than being a, rock, a mockumentary, you know, but it yes. could have leaned one way or the other for me. Even if it went, even if it kept the surrealism, I just wanted the surrealism to be more. Even more weird Because it was this weird mixture of like, oh, for a lot of it, it was just us filming her on tour. And then we decided that right. that wasn't enough. And it's like if they it's, had gone into... Evident in the film that they started with one idea and then and ended up ended with, with a different another. idea. Yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. that is evident. So I, you know, I wouldn't say like, oh, don't watch it, but. I think there are, there is an audience for this movie. Yeah. I didn't love it, no. but I found it interesting. Yeah. And I love St. Vincent. And she her oh my God, outfits her... are fantastic. And her sunglasses yes. throughout the film. Yeah, I asked in the Q&A, what was it? It was oh, called. Crap. crap. Crap brand sunglasses. And I was like, yes. yes. I really am appreciating that 
every time, well, it turns out that every time we ask a question at the Q&A, it generally has to do with the fashion. Yeah. And um, people have gotten better at being like, oh, it was this brand. Sure. Or like, oh, I owned that and founded a thrift store. And sure. Or like, oh, this is the costume designer and isn't she fabulous? And you're yes. Like, yes, she is. I always try Everyone, to round applaud, applaud the, the yeah. costume designers. Yeah. Yes, for sure. <laughs> this is some ASMR right up in here. Okay, sorry. It starts and it's very much like Carrie Brownstein playing herself and St. Vincent playing herself. And she asks her to make you know a documentary about her on tour. And it starts as like, oh, wouldn't it be fun if we work together because we're friends mm -hmm. and all of that. Um, but a lot of it devolves into like that weird thing between women where they they manipulate each other by undermining their self-confidence. Mm, you're really boring, though. <laughs> yeah, so like a lot of it was Carrie Brownstein. I mean, and it, this is on purpose and it's absolutely commenting on this, but it was uh, <laughs> Carrie Brownstein being like, hmm, St. Vincent, can you be more, in or Annie, rather, her real name, can you be more interesting? Like, you're, it's kind of too boring. You're talking, but I, I, but I loved it. I thought she was fascinating. I really liked the dynamic that they had with them. And that yes. was kind of one of the things where it added to the surrealism, but also the comedy. Yes. Where you're like, well, this is, it's crazy, but also this is crazy. You know, like, I don't know. Right. But you could also laugh along with it. Because yes. you were like, well, they're doing it up. But also it's true. It was it, funny it because was a, it's true. It was a lot of that. Yeah. A lot of talk about radishes oh, and yeah. tasting the dirt, the dirt. and the That earth. was very Portlandia. It was very Portlandia. But, like, that was very true to me, and I really enjoyed that. Yeah. <laughs> and just, it was a lot about the persona and yes. how, you know, well, who is she outside of St. Vincent? Well, she has to exercise a lot and keep in shape, and she eats right, and like there's a lot of work put into being St. Vincent. Yes. And that translated to some people as boring, or, or whatever. You know, like she's not this rocker, crazy, I'm getting drunk, I'm having parties sure. person, or sure. whatever. But we didn't talk about Dakota Johnson. Oh my God. <laughs> I think in my favorite role of hers. Yes. Dakota Johnson shows up as her girlfriend. Yes. Which then we went down a real Wikipedia rabbit hole. There was a lot of conflicting articles about St. Vincent having dated Cara Delevingne. Mm -hmm. And apparently Cara Delevingne and Dakota Johnson are best friends. Mm. So then I was like, oh, but they've, like, Cara Delevingne and her have subsequently broken up. Right. So I was like, oh, did they film this before they broke up? And Dakota Johnson was, was doing. Like, oh, wouldn't that be funny? Oh, it would be so fun if I played her girlfriend. There was a lot going on. It seems like there's a lot going on. Sure. And um, I'm not sure, but. Yes, Dakota Johnson shows up out of nowhere to just be in lingerie with her and yeah. have Carrie Brownstein film yeah. them. Make the it incestuous out. web of, you know, celebrity. supermodel, celebrity, you know, fluidly sexual yes, women. Yes, all of it. The movie ended and it was definitely a lot to take in. You know, like, whoa, what was going on? And oh then Carrie Brownstein and St. Vincent were there in person. And it seemed like, at least for St. Vincent, it was definitely the, the first, first time, time she had seen, seen any of it, maybe, yeah, you know, perhaps. together. <laughs> and she just comes up and goes, well, that was a horrifying experience. That was terrible. That was awful. And it it was funny because, like, she definitely presented it like, you know, she was Adam Driver and I can't watch myself, you know. But it was also a little bit like, well, what that did, was objectively what did we do? bad. Yeah, like, <laughs> like I'm not sure if, because she says at some point, like, our hubris really got the best of us. And I was like, I oh. think maybe a little bit. Yeah, maybe, maybe. <laughs> but maybe that was also part of it. I don't know. Which, the, what is real? What's the was, persona? Who's they you? definitely were playing with and blending the lines yes. of, like, who is she and what is the persona and how much of this is put on and how much. I, so I enjoyed that. Yes. Like, it was almost like, Additive to the experience. Kept going on. Yeah. And I did want to just mention Carrie Brownstein's high-waisted, 
obviously like perfectly tailored to her body leather jodhpurs that were amazing. I don't know how I missed those, but. They were amazing. Good. Just thought I'd mention it. Well, speaking of weird movies. <laughs> we are at Sundance. We exactly. Well, yeah, I mean, that is, I'm, I do tend to like to go for the weird ones at Sundance where you're like, I might never see this movie ever again. This might never see the light of day. Exactly. Although we thought that about Escape from Tomorrowland and it's like on Amazon, so. How did that happen? I don't know. If you want to watch something really weird eh, that's not good and is good. annoying. <laughs> but weird. But weird. Watch a movie called Escape from Tomorrowland. I think Disney was actually smart. So sidebar for Escape mm. from Tomorrowland. It all was shot guerrilla style yep. at Disney World and Disneyland. Yeah. Completely without permits and mm -hmm. all of the above. It was just like, oh, we're on vacation. But it was fake. It was And weird. I think... Instead of suing them and making it a big deal and giving the movie yeah. publicity, yeah. I think Disney was like, we'll just it's bad this. anyway, yeah. so no one will care. No one will care. And no one did. Nope. It, it was really smart. Yeah, because if they did, if they sued It'd them, it would be a whatever, huge thing. Huge thing. Everyone oh, would be like, movie, I have to watch was, this movie yeah, 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 and make yeah. the value 10 times as much. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, what, what weird movie did you want to talk about? So the weird movie this year at Sundance, for me at least, was called Kajillionaire. Oh, right. I have not seen this. No. Okay. So I actually didn't see it here. I saw an earlier screening. And I don't know how much it's changed. Okay. So, because it was weird, and then the people that I've heard talk about it here really liked it. Now, I won't say that I didn't like it, because actually by the end of the movie, I was kind of like, that was weird, but I think I liked it. Uh-huh. Uh, Evan Rachel Wood, Gina Rodriguez, mm. shows up later. It really turns, it, it picks up when she That's shows so up. That's so weird. I just, sidebar, started mm -hmm. watching the uh, Carmen Sandiego reboot cartoon on Netflix. Oh, yeah. How is it? It's cute. Okay. Like is it's, she in it? Is that what She's that the voice of, gotcha. sorry, she's the voice of Carmen Sandiego. Um, it's like super cute. Love it. It's like a cartoon, but like it's for children. Well, sure. But I was like, yes. I mean, so was Carmen Sandiego. Oh, absolutely. But I was a child when I was watching that. Well, right, right. But right. like as an adult, I can appreciate that like, it's like yeah, this is cute, good. well written. Like yeah. the cartoon looks cool. Like she's rad. Love it. Into it. Yeah. There's hats. It's great. Well, either, it better be a freaking hat. <laughs> it's Carmen Sandiego. It's Carmen Sandiego. She just had a goddamn red hat. But they didn't bring happened. back the acapella group. I don't remember that. Remember, they sang the song. They opened it up. Where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Well, she sneaks around the world from the up to Carolina. I didn't know there was like an acapella group, but I guess it's like a barbershop sure. quartet. Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Anyway. Anyway. So Kajillionaire. So Kajillionaire. Evan Rachel Wood, Gina Rodriguez, Deborah Winger. <gasps> Love her. Yeah, I'm so right? glad she's back. I know. Isn't that crazy? Mm -hmm. I forget. I was just talking to someone and we were like, we were looking through a movie and it was like, oh, Deborah Winger. We're like, oh, it right. Was Rachel getting married. Oh, that's right. We were just looking that up and yeah. it was like, oh, right, Deborah Winger came back. Yeah. So here she is. Weird. Love it. Yeah. And Richard Jenkins. But so it's about. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh huh. So there's a couple mm -hmm. that recruits Evan Rachel Wood to, um, they're like, they, they want to do like a big heist. But they also live in like this weird foam factory. It was like a lot of just like kind of surrealist okay. weirdness. And in all honesty, a lot of it is like jumbled in my brain. So I'm not doing a great job talking about it. Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's how I felt for most of the movies. Okay. So like that's part of the problem where I'm just like, but what's happening here? Hmm. But by the end, is Evan Rachel Wood like a great in it? But sure, is Evan well. I mean, I don't always love her. So to me, that was that it, is true. I was like, oh, like that was a good performance from her. Just just the two. Is Evan Rachel Wood like a good caper cat burglar or something? Why she's did like they hire a her? she's like a hustler child. Okay. I, I don't. I mean, she, 
she's obviously not a child. Right. But she... She's been hustling she since... She seems like she's a child, if that makes sense. Okay. She's like... I mean, I'm intrigued. The, I... Am I misremembering this? I feel like it's right that she was like a child. Like there was this thing where they would always go steal stuff from the post office. I don't remember. It's a blur in my Were head. I'm not going to sober lie. for the viewing of this film. I'm pretty sure. Pretty sure. Okay. It was a while. It was the thing is that I, I saw it like maybe six months ago. Oh. So it was like a while ago that I saw it. Okay. And then it was like, oh, and then it's at Sundance, and I was like, oh, that weird movie that, that I watched. Oh, it probably changed a bit. Though. I think it must have. I like. I think they've refined it. Right. Because there was a lot of weird, cool things there uh-huh. that I was like, like I said, by the end, I was like, oh, I think I kind of like that. Yeah. But it wasn't perfect. It wasn't great. It, it could was use just a little like, massaging. Yeah. So perhaps the they massaged it. Cool. I would be willing to rewatch. It just didn't work with their schedule. So like the aesthetic, like the director seems like someone to watch. Yes. Obviously, yes. Right? Yes. I think so. Cool. Should we talk about the Glorias? I would love to talk about the Glorias. So we got the schedule for this year's Sundance. And I immediately saw that Julie Tamar had a new movie, and I was like, oh my god, I'm so excited. We have to get tickets. This is number one. I want to see it. She hasn't made a movie since um, Across the Universe, I think. Really? I think so. No, I thought they listed another one, and I was like, oh, right, she did that. But whatever. But, like, timeline-wise, I don't think she's done one since. Either way, whatever. It's been a while. It's been a minute. And I was very excited. So she directed a movie called The Glorias about Gloria Steinem. Yes. And I really loved it. I thought it was great. I love Julie. No one makes movies like Julie Taymor. Mm-mm. They're very weird, but in a very specifically Julie Taymor kind of way. Absolutely. However, I will say that this is more one of the more tame ones. Very much that. I liked that. It was more commercial. It was more like, oh, right. the the, the storyline, the storytelling is clear, but a little weird. I think it was important with this story to. It didn't need to go to a completely um, creatively surrealistic place. Like with Frida, there's room to just, you know, that is so... um, And you have to say, with Frida. With Frida. uh, You can just do whatever you want with that kind of, you know, with the visuals. Well, especially because Frida, her art was so... Her art was so, so, like, there's more room to play. And and with, like, she did a really great version of Titus Andronicus. Mm. And it's Shakespeare, so you can do whatever, you know, you can go there and do it. But with this, I think it was important to keep somewhat in reality because it is about a real person. It is about real events. And yes. and you want to keep it interesting but mm-hmm. not be so weird that you're like, well, that probably wasn't true. So right, right, right. I'm going to write this off as like a fantasy. Right. No, there were a couple, there were two scenes, I would say, that were fully like surrealist fantasy but that were used really artistically yes. to represent emotions. And had nothing to do with facts or narrative. No, no, no. no. It was all about let's find a way to represent something. these emotions at this experience exactly. that we were watching basically a filmed version of. Yes. Which was kind of cool. I thought it did a really great job of um, mixing media. Yes. Uh, it has old news footage. It has, um, you know, like a footage from the March on Washington that they interspersed with footage that they had shot. Yeah, it would be like, oh, and now she's watching it on a monitor or whatever. And yes. like they would find a, a cool way to integrate it, but then also like they would recast people for some of the roles. It did a good job of mixing it all together. Sometimes I find that jarring. Yeah. And because it is a Julie Taymor movie, like you kind of go, oh, okay, I'm along for this creative ride. Yeah. Yeah. But I also really loved how it handled the biopicness of it. Yes. It was so interesting. So they have it's the Glorias because it's different ages of this one person Mm -hmm. and it's all represented in her riding on this bus with herself essentially and she'll have conversations with her older self and her younger self and sort of checking back in and I think that's 
so healthy as a person to to do that and Absolutely. to talk to your younger self and kind of go, oh, you know, how did I feel about that? And well, then it was, I did a really good job of representing that. I agree. And I felt like that narrative structure really, it felt like it was someone's autobiography almost, where yeah. it was like if Gloria Steinem were today looking back and perhaps they had lengthy conversations well, and about I it. I haven't read her book. No. But it could be very true that the book is written this way. I have no I idea. I mean, I certainly want to read the book after watching the movie. Yeah. The book's called On the Road and it's all about how she's traveled all over the world, you know, and especially the United States. The bus metaphor obviously makes sense. Yes. You know, um, and also then this retrospective kind of like, oh, look at how I've changed and the things that were important to me at that age yes. or at this age or what I thought was going to happen and didn't or, or you know, whatever. Well, and, and so interesting for a woman who grew up in the 50s to then look back at her child herself and say, oh, what were my priorities back then? Well, right. I wanted to get married and have kids and a be a dancer, and a, but then retire. Right. And, oh, uh, and, a, and a Cadillac convertible for my husband. Well, I guess I could take the Cadillac convertible. Right, and, he and can I have want this kind of dog and like yeah. all of that stuff and, and what your priorities were. And not that that's wrong in any way, but just how you evolve over time and yeah. how she evolved as a woman yeah. and empowered herself as a woman yeah. was fascinating. I thought that was such a great way of, of representing that. This is honestly one of the most inspiring movies that I've seen in a very long time, particularly when it comes and hopeful. to... Exactly. Hopeful and inspiring when it comes particularly to politics and like women's rights and yes. equality and not just women's rights, really. It was it was more just equal rights for all. Exactly. In this day and time, yes. it was like really just like chicken soup for the soul. The wary millennial books? soul. Yes, remember I do books? remember those books. I loved those. I mean, I was a little sensitive gay boy, so of course I did. But That was like, oh, what should we do on our sleepover? Like, we already watched The Craft and Hocus Pocus. Like, oh God, but we're, not, chicken soup. we're not ready for to go to bed. Should we read some chicken soup for the soul together? Oh, my God. Oh my God I'm so moved. Oh, my God. <gasps> okay, so let's moved. go to bed. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> but, yes, the, the Glorias starring um, Julie Ann Moore plays the oldest Old, Gloria. Yep. And, although Gloria Stone does actually show up at she the does, very end. At the very, very end. Uh, Julianne Moore, so. it was interesting. Julianne Moore was the only one that they really aged. With makeup, yes. With makeup. Yes. They, she plays like two levels of, of older yes. Gloria. And Alicia Vikander plays young, Most of, middle to young aged, yeah. you know, uh, Gloria Stenham. And I actually think this is my favorite performance of hers. I think I only know her in the... In the um, Lighthouse? I forgot she was in the lighthouse. I mean, not the lighthouse. No, no, no. In light between, light oceans. between oceans. No, what was the other one with um, Eddie Redmayne? Danish Girl. Oh, right, Danish yeah. Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I so two movies I know her in. Yeah. Yes, I definitely preferred her in this. Although, except for. Oh my God. Well, so, so, well, was, uh, I thought she was actually really fantastic yes. and fabulous. But at a certain point, I don't know, maybe an hour, hour fifteen yeah. in, her sort of Ohioan accent that she was going for went real like it seemed like it was these were the first five days that they, they filmed and yeah. she had figured out the accent yet because she went real kermit the frog with it it was like it kermit was the frog meets weird. Catherine hepburn it was like this weird mid-atlantic kermit the frog where yeah. are we going to the it was weird it was so jarringly like what <laughs> like i i was like I turned to Andrew and just went, what has happened? It really made it hard for me to take those scenes seriously. I honestly think they should cut them. Like, I, it was that It, it was, was that, that jarring. jarring. I agree. And, but they, and I was trying, it, you know, I was, like, doing calculations in the film. Like, okay, now, if they cut those scenes, would it have, you know, right. affected things? Or could they, like, ADR it? Or something, because it was like, really... Like, maybe they dub it. I think they should. I think they could probably get away with dubbing. Like, it was really just like the, two, three short scenes. Yeah, 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 yeah. And one of them was like montaged. So right, you could, so you could really just like, oh, let's redo that voiceover. <laughs> it was aggressive. I 
And I think it didn't help that it was like her last scenes that we saw, like a uh, timeline in the movie wise. Like she had had all these great scenes where I was like, oh yes, she's fantastic. Yeah. I've seen an hour of her acting, yeah. amazing. And then yeah. all of a sudden it was, oh. Oh no. And then we never saw and her And then again. it's like, and oh, like, now Julianne Moore's taking over, so. It was like, I got this. Yeah. I was like, okay, <laughs> good. Tap, I, tap I, you I, out. Um, but I do want to talk about, it was interesting. So all of the men, male characters are completely secondary, except for her yeah. father. Sure. Played by Timothy Hutton. Yeah. Who I, you know, love. Uh, he's great. He was great. I really thought he brought like a life and a, a yes. lightness to it. And yes. he was some combination of like Teller from Penn and Teller and like Tom Waits. Like he was this quirky yeah. kind of guy. And um, you know, his performance kind of reminded me of Big Fish. Yes. It was very that. In that like kind of like, oh, it's Albert a little surreal. Finney, like, it's like, yeah. it's a, it was a little Tim Burton y, just yeah. a little weird. It really helped inform the character as we see this girl grow up with her dad. He brought so much like light and life and and fun and optimism and optimism and hope yes and so that was really interesting to see well it was interesting so then her mother is um mentally ill has a lot of depression and anxiety and uh we don't get into it fully no why or what and and i think that's okay yeah um but it was interesting to see the two sides of it and Mm -hmm. how she experienced this like hopeful joy and this sort of depressing reality and how that kind of informed her as well. Like, yeah. it's two things together. Yeah, well, I think her mom kind of, they, they at least set this up that, like, the mom seemed to have to take the grounding role because her dad was, she was the, constantly uh, the dreaming in a flight. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And at, at a certain point, that took a toll. But then I also thought they really did a lovely job of the narrative of, like, her mom was a writer under a male pseudonym because women weren't allowed to write at yes. the time. I thought that was interesting. She's telling her daughter, oh, well, I could you imagine what it was, you know? Oh, yeah. And uh, it, that's, that's not how it was done back then. Exactly. Like, men, you know, yeah, but a like, woman couldn't have her name on an article. No. Yeah. And so it was interesting to see how, like, that progressed and then to see their relationship of once she starts to be a journalist and have her own byline and the mom was so proud. That right. was really touching. Yes. And I thought that was also indicative of, like, the progress that had been made before Gloria yes. that she then you know Took, continued yes. and, and carried the torch yes. for this now well, period the, yeah, of time the generations of, and is inspiring yeah. someone else to keep you know keep, keep pushing, moving just keep it, going yeah, exactly push yeah. that boulder over the ledge we got this yeah we're Sisyphus we got it exactly so one of the more surreal scenes oh. I love this. This was so amazing. Oh, yeah. So uh, it's taken from what I'm assuming is a real interview. I'm sure it was a real um, interview. Uh, with some man. Yeah. Uh, and Glory Steinem. And he is being very misogynistic and gross. I, it's, it's full on sexual harassment. Oh, 100%. It was like very gross. And it's on live TV. Yeah. You dress very sexy. What do you right. like? What do you think if I told you that you're like a very attractive sex object or yeah. whatever? And she handles it with grace. But they go into this whole, I don't know how to describe it. Like, like straight male panic purgatory hell. You know, it yeah. was so amazing. Yeah. Yeah. She kind of calls him out. Well, it was fun too. This was kind of fun where she would switch, where like one of the characters could be there and deal with an asshole. And then. Right, like older Julianne Moore, Gloria yes. Stenham, would show up would, in a scene where Alicia Vander had previously been and had not said anything and right. stood up for herself. But Julianne Moore could stand up for herself. And there was a lot of that. Um, messing with time and, yes. and all of that. And I like, this is what that. I wish I had said yes. with me now. Like, you know, I now wish I had been like, no, you asshole, you can go fuck yourself. That is sexual. I mean, but like... I mean, she said it a little more. Well, it was like, much but more. Yes, yes. But, you know, there was like this whole, I mean, the witchery. Well, so it's like um, uh, red tornado of hell and panic and women who are... And dra- Wizard of Oz. I mean, it Wizard really of, went... There was literally... Yeah, there was literally a witch and her showing up 
dressed sexy and then dressed like a nun and then dressed like yeah. all of the just like, like panic induced like <laughs> the flying nun. Yeah, because it was the same. Sally like, Field. Yeah, yeah. Gidget is different. Oh. But oh. both played by Sally Field, but different yes. characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's fine. Yes. Yeah, just this sort of like panic induced, like male. It was so good. I really, yeah. I thoroughly enjoyed that. Yeah. I thought that was great. Yeah. It was almost like um, Spooky Mormon Hell from Book of Mormon. Have you seen Book of Mormon? Yes. When they, it's like Spooky Mormon, and people are dressed like coffee and, you uh-huh. know, like they're in long underwear. And I stuff, vaguely remember that. Anyway, it was, yeah. it was fun. But speaking of fabulous women, like coming for men, I think what also was really cool about this film was that it wasn't just about Gloria. Right. It was about all of these other women that she was working alongside. I thought it did a great job of highlighting. And and she Gloria talked about this in the Q&A. She was the minority of these women, that it was actually people of color that were yes, women the of majority color of women fighting been, back and, yes. and leading the charge. And I thought that was really fascinating. I thought that it was really cool that this movie took the time yes. to focus on a, a lot of them in different ways. And, and well, and I, th- I think Gloria Steinem wouldn't have it any other Oh, way. absolutely not. You know, I think she is so open about all the women that inspired her. The title, The Glorias, represents, yes, the different stages of Gloria, but also just as a whole, like the women in yes. general yes, that like absolutely. are holding up these torches and fighting against. But we got introduced to these women that I had never heard of. And no. Julie Tamor herself had mentioned that like, I didn't know I'm a fairly political sure. person who's like, you know, educated, but I had no idea who these yeah. women were. And we posted that to our Instagram. So yes, make sure to go and follow us on Instagram. And we have little Sundance highlights that you can check out too. Yes. But um, Flo Kennedy, mm-hmm. who oh my God. is basically doing like stand up yeah. for women's rights. It yeah. was so fabulous. She was amazing. She really brought like energy and yeah, life absolutely, to it. Absolutely, absolutely. And Wilma Mankiller, who was the first elected chief of her tribe. It's just like female elected chief. Oh, of yes. course. <laughs> Bette Midler shows up. Oh my God. I How would we not talk about Bette Midler yet? Oh I God. can't believe. And her hats. Oh my God. As Bella Abzug. We like get we get introduced to her as she's running for office. office. Yeah. And it, I mean she's just so fabulous. Oh, when she showed up, I squealed. Uh, yeah, we absolutely Avril and I literally were just like, oh my god, man. And she has a matching hat for every suit that she's wearing. I mean, it was really good. So what I really appreciated was Julie Tamor. The big thing for me with biopics is when they change things that are fact. Right. And Julie Tamor was really dedicated to while some things might narratively work better at a different time or place, the feeling had to be right and and, and the correct. Facts had to and the be facts there. had to be correct. And I never, I felt like I trusted her to Absolutely. tell this story. Absolutely. Where it reminded me a lot of thinking about Rocket Man, where it presented itself as a biopic. Right. Sure, it had like a sort of magical realism within the music, but it presented itself as fact. Yeah. And there was a lot of things in that movie that were just completely false like oh I named myself Elton John after John Lennon that's absolutely untrue he named himself after a different man named John uh and so or or oh I went to group therapy oh sure that I mean that's a little less egregious sure I mean I guess he still went to therapy sure sure and you could say that in some ways perhaps the group therapy conceit is similar to to the the bus bus. conceit yes but I didn't feel like I trusted it was less successful and I didn't feel like I trusted those filmmakers to tell me the truth about what sure. was going on. So so anyway, I felt like I trusted Julie Taymor with yeah. this. And that was evident in the Q&A afterwards when she explained all of her reasoning. I mean, she it. said basically there were only two things that weren't absolutely, true. absolutely factu- factually accurate. And one of them was just that like the conversation that took place didn't take place where they said it did in the movie. Yes. And she's like, well, I asked Gloria and she 
was like, well, let me ask um, the other woman. That yeah, was the other at, woman. In the, I forget her name, but she was. She was, she was great, great too. too. She was like a unionizer for, for farm workers. Farm workers, yes. which was really cool. And she was like, and she said yes, so it was fine. Yeah. I was like, well, that's cool. And Julie Tamer talked about like having a doing a biopic about someone who's still alive. Right. Was obviously helpful to be like, oh, can is this true? Like, yeah. how would I, you represent this? So it seemed like a real collaboration. Absolutely. And I would highly recommend it for all ages. Well, and I really like too what I didn't realize, and I don't know how I didn't even realize this, but like what I liked was that at the end, because she is still alive, yes, it catches up with her. And we see her in her apartment writing about the election, about current affairs, about... At the Women's March. At the, at the Women's March. I thought this was really cool, too. She said in the Q&A, she had lots of great scenes that were both in the movie and in the Q&A. Yes. But one of them, she was like, you know, for us older women, this actually movement now is giving us hope because right. it, like, there's hope that we there's can keep going. New... And we've seen it worse. She yes. said, "Oh yes." And for the young people, they are mad as hell, and so it's, like, it's a good pissed, yeah. So it's together, a good we'll combination. get through it. Yeah. Well, and she says in her speech at the Women's March, uh, "This was stuck with me was the Constitution does not start with I, the president. It right. starts with we, the people." And sure. I was like, "Oh, that's so good." Yeah, it really like, was. I was well, like, like oh. I, we haven't even talked about really that she's a writer first and foremost. Yes, yes. And I think that was well handled, but also then like kind of celebrated because yes. her writing is really great and that's where I was like I really want to read this book yes everyone should see it someone yeah. asked, said in the Q&A like this should be taught in schools they should show and I was like yes yeah well and I thought that was cool too she, the, the woman the, the, the Q&A was like oh this should be taught in schools every girl should see this and, and uh, every, Gloria, yo every young girl should see yeah, this and Gloria goes yes and every young man and I was like you know what yes I think Julie Taymor said that maybe she did but either way both of them are right a hundred percent. Highly recommend Highly recommended. Love it. So speaking of politics, oh, one right. that I saw, a documentary called Boys State that sold for a record $12 million to Apple. Oh, a record documentary. Documentary sale. We'll um, talk about a different record later. Yes, we will. So I did not find this to be optimistic or... <laughs> inspiring. I don't know. I, I know so many people really loved it. So I, I haven't, I haven't yeah, seen April it. hasn't seen it. I did not particularly care for it. It's interesting. So the premise is it's the documentary following a handful of boys in Texas. Adolescents, right? Yes, they're like 17 or 18. Okay. In that they're like in senior year, summer before senior year, kind of age range, whatever. Okay. And they set it up. There's apparently been for decades and decades, never heard of it. There's in, in multiple states, it's not just like Texas. Texas. It's okay. all over the country. There's boy state and girl state. They're still separated. And already I was like, well, this is fucked. And also, why are we just focusing on boy state? That was my question. So you briefly told me about yeah. it. And I was like, why aren't we making a documentary about both of them? I would personally particularly like to see the differences between yeah. Boy State, which was super bro-y, super like, whoa, whoa, whoa. you know, like it was just like, oh, it made me cringe. Yeah. It just, whenever you get a group of a thousand boys Oof. chanting political nonsense, like, oh, and a no. lot of the politics ranged, which was interesting. Sure. You know, it was not just like, One oh, it's Texas and everyone. I mean, there was a lot of talk about guns. But there was very clearly, if not sometimes out homosexuals. Great. And there was talk about LGBTQ rights and like all sorts of stuff. And that was actually what was inspiring was that even though there was a lot of conservative viewpoints yes. among these kids, it was a lot of like, well, of course, that's just a given that that's on the platform, like that it should be LGBT, like equal rights. Right. And I was like, well, that's refreshing at least. That's nice to hear. Yeah. But um, maybe those young boys are going to go watch Gloria. Maybe. Or they, the Gloria. Maybe better. some of them will. Some of them, maybe at least. But it was crazy. So it starts off and it's showing 
over the credits all of these famous politicians. Oh, like, like politicians that had been in, in Boise State, State and then become politicians. Got it. Like Cory Booker. I kind of found it intriguing, oh, okay. or, but also like Rush Limbaugh. So Great. you have like different sides, and, and you know, it was like, oh. But I think that is also kind of interesting. Obviously, well, and you want to you want to talk about both sides. Yes, you know, this, yeah, it's important. Yes, it is. What was weird to me was that the way that it works is that they're randomly separated into nationalists and federalists, and so the documentary follows, uh, you know, kind of the people that rose to the top mm. of each party. Because it's kind of like debate club slash we're, model we're UN. playing model UN kind, kind of, of thing, okay. exactly. So there's elections, people get elected to... Who are the voters, the other boys? The, other, the other people either... Well, so eventually there's an election for like the governor of boys state. And that's where like they need to get the votes not just of their party, mm. but of the other party as well in order to win. Okay. What was weird to me was that because they're randomly separated, the platform is not... What they personally believe. No. Right. And so they're running off of how can I politically game this system to get the most votes. It's like teaching them how to... Be disgusting game, politicians. Yeah, game the system of politics. And that was what for me was Ugh. exactly, was the most icky where I really left feeling so uninspired, but rather like icked out right. where I was just like, well, why are we teaching people not how to properly and, and successfully argue their ideals and their platform, right. but rather to compromise everything in order to get power? Gross. Yeah. Does the documentary like no. comment on how that's gross? No. Oh, that's not gross. really. That's gross. Yeah. So that's what, for me, was really the most icky about it. So it's a pass for you. For me, it was a full pass. I was like, ooh, Apple, that was a mistake. <laughs> Twelve million dollars. They, they've got it. No, they have a billions. They, they've got it. They've got it's it. Nonsense. Yeah. Oh well. So talking about documentaries. Sure. Uh, we also saw a documentary called the. It was a, the Truffle Hunters. Yes. The Truffle Hunters, which was, seemed really promising. Oh, I saw this on the program. I was like, yes, please. I don't know exactly what it's going to be, but it's about Italians, old men, dogs, and truffles. I'm in. Hunting for truffles in the wilds of, where were they? Saint Sao Paulo? Sa San Benedicto or something like that. I forget oh, where I forget, exactly. I forget exactly. It's in Piedmont region of Italy okay, where okay. truffles are well known. Alba. Right, right. The white Alba truffle. So it's 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 um, gorgeously photographed. Mm. Uh, every shot ha is framed really uh, interestingly and there's bright colors. And, yeah. and it started and I was really interested mm -hmm. and we're introducing all of these older Italian men who, for, it doesn't seem like it's anyone's main job. It's somewhat a hobby. Yeah, it's Slash, seems... I mean, it's income, but it's not like their job. No. For fun. I don't think they have a job. They're all retired. I mean, some of them were 87 years old Absolutely. or older. They've so been like... doing it forever. But they, for the adventure of, all, of it all, they go out into the woods and they have dogs that are like their, you know, best friends that yeah. they search for truffles and the dogs find them and they dig them up and they sell them. And it's like this uh, sort of... Uh, scavenger hunt, treasure hunt, almost. Sure, you know, it's, right. it's it's rare. It's hard to find them. It's like a very exciting when they find one. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they really. This is in my like reading the like I'm like oh, oh that seems so fun, sure. but then you see the documentary and it's very slow. Yep, very slow. Uh, not very informative. No, I realized thinking about it, there's no text. No, uh, on the screen. Because uh, it is a, it's a you know foreign language film. For right, us. it's all in, it's all in Italian. It's all in Italian. So there was no like, oh, here's a title card just to give you a little info sure. about truffles or or. This or beyond or that. that, what really frustrated me was that there was no interviews. There was no interviews. It was it was very cinema verite. But the hard thing with that is that 
everything was shot so meticulous. Everything was framed and so meticulously shot. Like it was like a Wes Anderson movie. Yeah. So that seems very calculated. Right. And yet it's supposed to be this fly on the wall. Yeah. We're just observing. It's like here's this gorgeous frame that clearly took time to set up. A long time. They had to set these frames up. Now talk to your dog and tell her how much you love her. And I'm like, what's happening here though? But then they wouldn't talk to them and ask them questions of like, well, tell us about your dog. How long have you been truffle hunting? Why do you care about truffle hunting? We don't know. I mean, I had to Google it afterward how truffles form form or what they really are. I mean, I've eaten them. I don't know what it really was. I had to look it up. It didn't tell us. It didn't tell us how they hunt them or why they have to hunt them, why they use dogs, because apparently in Italy they used to use pigs until recently. Right, because I always thought it was, you know, pigs, pigs. Truffle pigs. Yeah. So I learned all of this from Wikipedia and none of it from this movie. Right. And I was just like, well, that seems like a missed opportunity. Right, okay, so the the pigs would just eat the truffles. Right. And then they go, oh, fuck, we just lost $1,000. So the dogs are much more manageable. They don't eat them, they just find them. Yes. So that, but again, we did not learn that from the film. No. They do a bit of business about showing sort of the darker side, like the black market side. Yes, and the commercial side. A little bit, a little bit. bit Of uh, selling truffles and... And that, I think a lot of it came down to, there's a lot of secrecy about like where you hunt for yep. truffles. It's very competitive A lot of days. them go at night there's so a lot of find them. Yes, there's a lot of money at stake. And I do think, I don't know if I'm right, but I do think that potentially these filmmakers did not speak Italian. I think you're so right. So it felt separated. It felt like they wanted an intimate portrait behind the curtain of how these truffle hunters go, but they didn't get it. Yeah, I think, I think because they weren't able to communicate well enough yeah. that they ended up being observational, but the setup of the filmmaking was not. It was odd. So yeah. Um, And the film never had a point of view about anything. No. And then to really complicate things, I think my biggest issue with it. Well, trigger warning. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) For the film. Yeah. So throughout a large portion of the film, the truffle hunters are talking about how people will come and lay poison traps to kill the dogs because the dogs are so valuable so and helping and it's so competitive in trying to find the truffles. And at first it kind of seems like a thing, like, ooh, gosh, we heard a, a like a wife's tale. Like it tale. could be a tall, like, ooh, one time it happened and maybe, right. you know, we're worried, but, right. you know. And then it happens yeah. in the film. I mean, you don't literally see, see the it. dog die, but the dog does die and it's And he it's talks horrible. about how this is his second dog to be poisoned. Yes. And I mean, he has an emotional moment, but then the film doesn't handle it where where they immediately cut away from it. Oh, it was very weird. So he's filing a police report for his dead dog. He's very upset. He's crying. And then it dead cuts to him playing drums, which we'd seen earlier very loudly. And I guess it was trying to be like, this is his therapy working it out. Sure. Then they cut from that to him crying again. Over the 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 grave of the dog. It was was handled in a way that I did not appreciate. And then it cuts to this sort of godfather-esque, you know, f- tr- tr- like cliched fat Italian man ordering this plate and just, you know, shaving, shaving all the, truffle all the truffles mm, onto it. That's good, oh, yes. Oh, the truffles. And, and at this point I was like, oh, so this is the end of the film. It's going to be like, so f- fuck this. The system's broken. Like it was going to make some kind of sure. statement like, yeah, eat that fucking truffle. The dog's blood is on your hands, essentially. But that's not really what happened, and no. then it kept going for a while and, and meandered to the end, and I was, it was handled in a way I did not appreciate. No, 
No. It was weird. Yeah. I overall enjoyed parts of it, but didn't find it to be a particularly successful film. No. And I liked the look of it, but uh, it was very slow. Yeah. So, and I, and I don't feel like I learned anything. No, not so really. So it's a bummer. I know, I'm bummed. But like, go Google truffles. I mean, I feel kind of bad at this point about the truffles. Well, I don't think that's... The case <sighs> everywhere? No, when I remember in the Wikipedia article, I was reading about how like a lot of people since like... Oh, I had truffle eight, groves. Yeah, like in, since like the late 1800s, right. they've been able to cultivate truffles in groves with oak trees and whatever. Right. So I think that not necessarily everywhere has this issue. Like okay. the commercial truffle that you're getting sure. might not be that issue. Right, because it was upsetting. But maybe some of these restaurants, particularly with like the Alba truffle that's more, mm. you know, I don't know if they've cultivated that Rarer one. or exactly. whatever. Exactly, yeah. so then that's the, the problem. I mean, I guess you could say it inspired us to Google a shit ton of stuff about truffles. But, sure, but. But yeah, that, it was not informative. No, no. So anyway. Yeah, to shift gears quite a bit. <laughs> Drastically. Drastically, although still in the Alps. So not that different. That was a great transition on my part. Oh, yeah, nailed it. <laughs> we watched a movie called Downhill, featuring... Fe- featuring. Featuring. Have Feature- some more wine, Andrew. Uh, okay, well. Um, featuring Julie Louis-Dreyfus and Will Ferrell. And it's based off of a Swedish movie that came out in 2014 called Force Majeure, right. which I have seen. And I have not. Averill has not. I don't really want to give a lot away because I feel like you didn't. you went in not knowing anything, right? I went in not knowing anything, but for some reason... I thought it was going to get crazier and darker. Mm -hmm. I don't know why, Mm -hmm. but I had this feeling, maybe because you said it was like this Swedish dark comedy, that I was like, oh, "Oh, fuck, it's going to get weird and dark. It's It's not that dark. No, it's tough, because I think it's a hard sell with Will Ferrell, who... I, I love, he's very talented, he's so funny, he can be dramatic, mm-hmm. but I think a lot of people are going to go, I, like I've overheard on the shuttles here and stuff, people be like, oh, I saw Downhill. Yeah, it wasn't like funny like I thought it would be, because Will Ferrell. Will Ferrell. I mean, and that's his cross to bear. Well, I mean, um, I liked, um, what was the one where he was a writer with Emma Thompson? Stranger Than Fiction. Stranger Than Fiction. You know, you know that will happen with whenever Will yes. Ferrell tries to break yes. out of this broad comedy mold. Um, but I think it will be a problem for them marketing-wise, particularly since... Julia Louis Dreyfus like stole the whole oh, movie. Oh, she absolutely. I mean, absolutely. she was outperformed. hundred percent, the best part of the movie. What I will say, I, like, it was interesting for me because I liked Force Majeure, and I, I when I heard that this was coming out, I was kind of like, well, I don't really care. Like, right. I don't need Why? to see it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, I do like Julia Louis Dreyfus, so I guess, like, yeah, let's see it. I didn't dislike the movie at all. I didn't at all. After seeing it, though, was kind of just like, well, they didn't really add anything that. Was particularly groundbreaking compared. Like, I don't see why this movie needed to be remade. Right. Aside from that, it's English language now, and they thought maybe that would be more commercial. And they got stars. And they got, yeah, like maybe they, I don't know, they wanted a ski vacation. I'm not sure. Right. She was great. She definitely was my favorite part of the remake. Yes. And my favorite part of like, ooh, I got to see her in this role, which I thought she was really good at. Really good at. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really said anything about it. No, so it's about a family that goes on a ski vacation to Austria, and something happens that that tests their familial bond. Let's yes, say. yes. Being vague, it sort of uh, starts a. Uh, well, I was going to say the wrong word that was going to give something away. It gets the ball rolling, let's say, on problems that they haven't been addressing. Sure. Yes. And I actually am really interested to watch Force Majeure because mm. I feel like knowing the basic story now, it requires so much subtlety of 
filmmaking and nuance, and I don't think this movie had that. Well, we didn't talk about this. So it's directed by people that you I forget. You don't know their names. Why are you bringing this up? Because I know that what they're Jim from. Jim Rash and... Oh. Um, oh. The, the principal, or the dean, rather, from Community. Community. And the other guy, I just know his face, but I don't know who he's from. Yep. <laughs> two comedians. Two men directing a movie that I... I was interested. I mean, the Swedish one's also directed by a man. Yeah, but for but me, he wrote it too. I oh right, yes, that's true. And I would be interested to see a female take on this. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, now that I think about it, there's the story is about Will Ferrell's character. Yes, and, well, and yet the female characters are the most interesting part of the movie. Absolutely, the concierge woman. Oh my god, fabulous! She was great. There's a lot of fun in this movie. I think this one is more fun than the Swedish one. I think that was intentional. Yeah, I would say it's worth watching. Yes, um, I wasn't blown away. No, but it was fun. The performances were fun. Like it's a a fun time at the movies. Like I mean, and not like fun. It was. It was. You don't, yes. you don't leave the movie going, oh boy, no, that's that was true. a lot. You that's know, it's true. not heavy. No, not really. It's just not like a laugh out loud broad comedy. I even though there are loud. parts that are funny. Sure. But it's not it's not that. Yeah, there are right. other things going it's on. Not old school. It's not old school. It's not old school. <laughs> so it's funny, one of the things that we were thinking about or realizing this year, and I don't know if maybe it's been like this all the time, but we haven't noticed it. But while we were sitting in the theater waiting for the movie to start, the music would be themed to the movie. Yes. I mean, at least r roughly themed, yes, I would yes. say. Particularly ones that had more of a musical element or that were easier to theme off of. Right. They were more evident. It seems like somebody put together like some Spotify, Spotify playlists playlist specifically for the program. But then, then I also it. would love if they had like published that. Maybe they have and I haven't. Yeah, because I thought that would be a fun integration Particularly, like with Spotify or something, if there was a, they're not, I don't think they're a sponsor. Oh no! But if they yeah. were, or like Apple Music or whatever, that who wanted to fun. do it? But like, I think that'd be really cool to have playlists for each movie that someone thought of and like put together. Yes. So, for instance, one of them, we were in a movie last night called Palm Springs. Yes. That is a rom com takes place at a wedding in Palm Springs. And so we're sitting there and, you know, one of the, the the gay volunteers in the aisles is just dancing it up to I want to dance with somebody and like, yeah, it's what he used to live your life. And, and then Don't Stop Believing comes uh -huh. in. Uh-huh. And it was all these sort of, I realized later, like, oh, these are all songs that people play at weddings. Yes. And I was like, oh, that's so fun. Yeah. And there was a different film we watched, we'll talk about in a minute, that was all about jazz in the 50s. And they played all this jazz for the 50s before it. I'm into this idea. I think yeah. it's fun. I think it's really fun. Oh, and fun. before Truffle Hunters, they pl were playing Italian music. Yeah, it was music. Italian music, remember? Yeah. Right? Yep, yep, yep. So. And before, and then we danced, it was all ballet. It was more ballet than it was like Georgian music, but. It was classical music, sure. let's say. Sure. Well, so, so let's go back and we'll talk about Palm Springs. So, oh, yes. speaking of records. This broke yes. a record for $17.5 million and 69 cents. Oh, so funny. It really tickled so me. So funny. Well, and then I was reading the press release, and they were like, well, it cost us $85 million to make, so, you know, we really, we took a bath on this. I mean, it was a joke. I don't, oh. It didn't actually cost oh, them $85 million. I was like, million. wait, what? <laughs> what rom-com cost $85 million? I, yes, I was like, what? No, they were, so they're like, I mean, so, you know, Neon and Hulu really got a steal because our wives are going to ask us a lot of questions on this. Oh, my gosh. So. Yes, I, I mean, I love, that's so fun and kind of a, 
fuck you to the Yeah, whole, they're kind of taking the piss out of the whole thing. Taking the piss out of the whole thing. It is interesting. I also saw like a, a headline. I didn't have a chance to read the article yet, but it was about how there's more commercial movies coming into the indie space of Sundance. It does, this year particularly. And I think it's because the streaming space has shifted things so much mm -hmm. and whatever that like some of these markets and also that the theatrical space is now just fucking Disney and Fox with tentpole. They're like, okay, well we own everything. So it's only going to be these $300 million movies. Right. That's a franchise that you've already seen. We're rebooting it for the sixth time. Yeah. Whatever. So there needs a different outlet for these kind of movies. It is all shifting. Yeah. yeah. Um, but so Palm Springs is a rom-com, which obviously Avril and I are both big fans of the oh, genre. Yes. Oh, genre. Yes. genre. But <laughs> it's the new Lonely Island. I mean, they they produced it. Yes. Andy Samberg is the star. Yep. Um, I honestly don't want to give too much away. No. I really thoroughly enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, I laughed a lot. My jaw was hurting. I was laughing so much. I laughed a lot. I was surprised. Um, yes. I think going into it blind was a great idea. Yeah. I would say just see it. Just go see it. The cast is great. Like, um... People kept showing up that was like, oh, I know them from something that I really liked them in. Sure. It was always like, oh, them. They're yeah, great. And they weren't even a lot of like big name comedians No, no, no. Just it like was... people that I've been tracking that I'm like, hmm, that's a person I've enjoyed in something else. I like them. They're great in this. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I like that. That's good. Mm. But yeah, honestly, I don't want to say much about it except that, yeah, it's, it's a it's a rom-com. It's a little different. Yeah. Um, and I mean, I think we should probably do a spoilers review of it later when yes. it comes out. But I don't want to really talk about it too much, except for it's fun, funny. And I guess what I'll say too that I was thinking, I've watched a bunch of like the new Netflix ones, and yes. a lot of them are good. I'm very, or they're fun enough. Well, rom coms are making comeback. We've I, well, been I'm clamoring for long enough. That's now. what I'm saying. I was about to say, I'm like, so glad that rom coms are finally having a comeback. Yes. And thank you, Netflix, for doing that. Yeah. However, I thought that this was much more successful than thank pretty you Netflix much. Netflix and Hallmark and, and Lifetime. Well, I feel sure. like they helped well, a little bit. A, li a little those bit. Those are more like. But they popped, they helped a little bit. Romance and whatever. But it was like there was money that was helpful. Sure. Yeah, there yeah. was an obvious audience that was being underserved. Yes. No, I thought this was um, one of the, the top tier, but much better than the uh, average rom-com. Yeah, I don't remember out. enjoying a rom-com this much since uh, um, uh, the Rebel Wilson one. Isn't it romantic? Isn't it romantic? Yeah. Uh, you know, and it kind of has like a similar vibe of like silliness and... Meta-ness. Uh, yeah. Um, I will say it, it felt a little bit like junk food. Where Absolutely. It was so fun and funny and everything, but don't think about it too hard. Sure. No, it's definitely, it is, the junk foods are perfect. Yes. It's, it, but I love that sometimes Loved where you it. just want to put something on I and just like, want to see Diane nice. Lane stare at her electrocuted <laughs> washer dryer <laughs> as it explodes. It gets me every time. It's so good. So stupid. So sometimes that's what you want. Yeah, yeah. And so um, I would highly recommend And there were it. definitely scenes in this. I mean, not oh, like yeah. that that were like, what the fuck is going on? I mean. But, well, there were definitely scenes that were, were like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In a different way. Yeah. But, oh, it must be the shrooms. These are good shrooms. There were other scenes, too, where I was just cackling. Yes. And it was just because it's silly it's, and fun. Yeah, and, and I like that. And the leads were very charismatic and very. chemistry. I thought they had great chemistry. It's the woman. Oh, God, I'm going to forget her name. But she's the mother from How I Met Your Mother. Mm. Her name is, I want to say, like, Christine Melion. It's something Chris, almost close to. Something very Camille? close to. Camille? No, that was the sister. Oh, that was Camille the sister. Camille Mendez was the sister. That's right. It's Christine Millie. Yep. It's almost Christopher Maloney. Okay. But a female version of that name. Great. She was great. I really actually really liked her. She's great. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, highly recommend. Uh, well, speaking about sort of meta genre, I feel like that's really coming into its own 
now. Like, like oh, we're going to take down, we're going to deconstruct genre and, and all this stuff and be sort of self-aware and like all... I like the meta metaness of that. The, there's now a genre of meta genre. Meta genre. Yeah. It's really it is true. I wonder when we're gonna switch over. It's gonna become earnest again. I don't know. I mean, it'll happen. It'll happen. But we saw this film called Scare Me, which mm-hmm. will be out on Shutter soon. Oh right. And uh, it's a very meta horror comedy. Say meta again. Meta. <laughs> it was all. It was definitely a horror comedy. Yes. Um, it's not scary really at all. Actually. I, mean, I was I was affected by the ending. I wouldn't say I couldn't sleep at night. Oh, totally. But I was affected by the ending. It, it definitely shifts gears for a long time. It's not scary. And then it's like, oh, wait, this got real. Yes. So, uh, again, I don't want to spoil too much of no. it. But essentially, it stars Aya Cash, who's the woman from You're the Worst, mm. this TV show that you don't want. And, oh, boy, I forgot the name. Josh Rubin. Oh, yeah. Was that his name? I think so. I think it's Josh Rubin wrote, directed, and starred in it. Wow. I didn't realize he wrote it. Yes. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes sense. And it's essentially uh, two writers that have both decided they're going to go to these remote cabins in the Catskills yep. and get away from it all and write. Right. And one of them is uh, Aya Cash, who's this very successful author, and she's living her best life. She's on this up trajectory. Yeah. And the other one is Josh Rubin. <laughs> He's sort of failed at everything. He's tried and is kind right. of... Um, at a rough point at in his At a rough life. point in his life. And they decide over the course of a stormy night when the power is out yeah. to tell each other scary stories. They're both horror writers. To tell each other scary stories and who can scare each other the most. Uh, reference this or is this original. And, and it's all of those conversations. And it was sort of a study on sort of the basicness of white males. That seems to be the theme of Sundance this year. It does. Is that like toxic masculinity and Jeffy. white privilege is going to murder us all. <laughs> Yes. So, so, or at least ourselves. Uh, yes. So, I would say uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I, I do would too. highly recommend it. I thought the performances were really fun and yep. it was a different take. And don't go into it thinking it's going to be like super scary horror. No, movie, no, no, no. But it's the kind of movie we like. Yeah. And that's absolutely. I would say it's the kind of horror for Andrew. For me. Yes. In, in a different way. Like, obviously, like hereditary or, or something like that is, is more. Well, I don't even know how disturbing. to... Disturbing. Yeah, that was definitely more disturbing. I would say. Yes. Um, and then there's certain horror movies where it's more, like, uh, psychological. Yes. Part of this movie later on gets a little more psychological, and that's when it really kind of got scarier. Yes. But for the most part, it's funny. Oh, yeah. And, oh, I want to shout out the sound design. Oh, my God. Because it was a really interesting idea. So the movie is basically takes place essentially in one location. Yep, in a cab. Um, and it's them telling scary stories, and they use sound design and very little special effects right. to have their stories come alive, let's yeah, say. Exactly. And it was very effective and yes. really good. So I would actually really recommend it. I, yeah. I liked it a lot. I liked at it a lot first, too. I won't spoil the ending. At first when it ended, I went, um, and the more I kind of thought about it and really went into it, I went, oh, actually, you know what? I kind of like the ending. Yeah, I, 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 I left and I was like, like, oh, the ending left me disappointed for how much fun and whatever, I, I, yeah. how, I, how much I was liking it. And then the more you think about it, you can certainly yes. justify the end. I don't know if it's exactly what I would have I picked. Yeah, it wasn't perfectly satisfying, but I, I liked it more than I yes, initially I did. I so I'd recommend it. Yeah. Well, I guess on that note of horror comedies, uh-huh. I've seen one that Avril's going to see tonight at midnight. And I'm very <gasps> excited. Called Bad Hair. And, I mean, this checks a lot of boxes for us. It's a period piece. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. It's like 80s? Ni- 1989. So late 80s. Campy. Uh-huh. Referential. Uh-huh horror comedy about um, a woman who's trying to 
make it big. She's a, an African-American woman in the late 80s trying to make it in this like MTV-esque channel. Like as a VJ? She wants to be a host. Okay. Like, I mean, MTV doesn't exist in this movie. In the space, okay. In the, in the world. But this is essentially the MTV of the world. Great. And she works for a company called Culture. Okay. Where it's like African-American focused. Basically BET, MTV combined into a fun, fabulous chain. Well, don't tell me too much. Okay, I won't. I, I mean, I won't tell you too much. She, she feels like she, in order to succeed more, she has to get a weave. Okay. That she can't be wearing okay. her natural hair. Okay. So she finally does, but it turns out the weave, something's off. Oh, is it like how to succeed in advertising or whatever? You haven't seen that movie. I haven't. But there's a <laughs> lot of references. I'm sure Avril will get mm, 10 times more than I did. But even then, I still got a lot of the references. Cool. Justin Simeon wrote and directed it. He did Your White People. Yes. I didn't love Your White People. This... I thought did a much more successful job of getting a lot of the points across and like the cultural dialogue of like right. let's bring up these conversations in a fun and funny way so that was more, really smart, more accessible. And absolutely, kind of, yeah. absolutely. Cool. I'm I'm excited. And to see oh, it. I haven't even talked about Vanessa Hudgens. Or <gasps> Vanessa Hudgens. Where did that come from? Vanessa Williams. Vanessa Williams, much better actress, much more fabulous. Facts are facts. I'm sorry. <laughs> she knew exactly what movie she was in, and I really enjoyed it. I love her. So, She's great. Yeah, she is great. So yeah. I'm excited. Once you see it, we'll talk about it some more. Okay, we'll go more in depth. Yes. Should we talk about when we ran into Hillary Clinton? Well, that's... I wish, that's I wish a, we did. That's an overreach. We saw her. We saw her in the same <laughs> restaurant, and I pretended like I was going to go to the bathroom and couldn't find where it was so that I could see her. And then she walked out and people clapped. She left the restaurant, said nothing, did nothing. No. I mean, except was herself. And yes. everyone just... Yeah. Yay! Oh. <laughs> this is silly. Because she had a documentary here yes. that is actually a docu-series on Hulu. It's three hours? Four hours Four long. hours. I, so I was like, it was funny because people were like, oh, I want to go see the Hillary thing. I want to go... It's like, well, it's four hours long. You realize, In one right? sitting. Exactly. And everyone that I heard was like... Oh, we were going to go, but then we heard it was four hours long. I'll watch it on Hulu, thanks. <laughs> but um, I'm intrigued, although I don't know if I actually have it within me right now to watch it. But maybe I'll watch The Glorias again and then watch Hillary. Or watch Hillary and then The Glorias. There you go. I think that's, yeah, a better... that's the better. That's the better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh -huh. So another movie that we saw, because we saw that Tessa Thompson was in it and immediately mm. said, yes. Yes. Let's go. Yeah. was called Sylvie's Love. Yeah. Uh, it's basically if... Um, if Douglas Sirk, with a little less fabulosity, sure. you know, like a little less, just, I mean, nobody can do Douglas Sirk like Douglas Sirk, right? But if Douglas Sirk made a movie in the 50s, but with an all African-American cast. Yes. Essentially is how we would describe it. It's, it's a romance. It's, I mean, it, we like you, I thought you said it really well. It's kind of like The Notebook without all the melodrama and the Alzheimer's. Exactly. But Tessa Thompson in the Q&A, which we posted, she talks about how they wanted to kind of create this fantasy world of, he, the director was saying to them, like, you know, if you took a picture of an African-American woman from the, the 50s and 60s and, and, and her child or whatever, and maybe in the, in the corner it says, you know, no colors allowed or something, you know, that... Separate but equal. Some it, sort it, of... Something like that, yes. that that represented the struggles of the time. If you were to just crop that out and zoom in on this woman and her child and... Find what's, out what her story was. What was their day like? Exactly. You know? Let's explore that and not have it, and just have a romance for this story and, exactly. and for these people. And she, I thought, also said really eloquently, 
I mean, she's amazing. I am obsessed everything. with her. But the skirt she was wearing. Oh my god. Was everything. everything. It looked like the Sydney Opera House. It, it was oh, it was fabulous. Great. It was great. Love her. But she had a really good point of like, and I think this also goes along with with gay movies, which we'll talk about. But like, so many of them are, you know, <laughs> at least they used to be focused on either coming out or AIDS. And or like um, hate crimes. Sure. Yes. You know, just like tragedy of like oh, and then they, uh, and then, uh, yeah. And now we're finally starting to get more movies that are about just like oh, and then he's gay. Or like I remember we were talking about in the TV episode of our podcast, you were talking oh, about yeah. the um, uh, oh my god, why can't I think of Alan Coming? Coming. I kept wanting to say Car. <laughs> Also fabulous, but not different. Different. Oh, Alan Cumming on Instinct, which I've, I've unfortunately, I think at this point has been canceled. Oh, um, well. But yes, he's just um, on a CBS procedural and he's gay. I mean, yes, it's part of the story, but it's not the story. Right. And so, like, their race didn't really play any part of the story, per se. It didn't, it didn't. It wasn't, um, it was, the, the romance was... The forefront. Yes. And of course the race comes up and they talk, you know, there is some strife and they talk about, oh, this person was racist or, or whatever. Like it, it right. exists. Absolutely. It doesn't ignore that it no. happened. But it's but that's not, not the, the point. point. I mean, it's not as lighthearted, but it's sort of like as if like Doris Day and Rock Hudson, you know, if they made like a Harry Belafonte, like Dorothy Dandridge, like rom-com. Sure. I mean, this is more dramatic than that. Yes. But it was like a fantasy where that could be. This is like a story of, oh, timing and, and obligations and, yeah. and what society expects from us and, and what we really want, our heart desires and yes. true love. And it was sweet. It was a little long. It was a little slow, but I really liked it. I would say, I think because they were trying to make uh, such sort of just a, a, a nice normal quote-unquote movie um, there wasn't a lot of um drama there no. wasn't a lot of um conflict uh, emotion it was mm. very subdued mm -hmm. which is also interesting sure. it was just lovely and yeah. a little tense and a little oh but nothing was heartbreaking nothing was like oh my god i'm feeling everything no. you probably a better movie you know because it's less melodramatic well, sure but it wasn't as um impactful it kind of at a certain point i remember thinking like oh it's kind of like what we love about like a jane austen-esque type movie where there's like a lot of mm -hmm. glances and oh we can't be together or can we you know like whatever right it has some of those vibes i mean it's not jane austen-esque really in any way but no. aside from that yes. i guess where you're like well, it was interesting long, it was interesting where the the male lead mm -hmm. in a romance had no agency. I mean, not no agency, but yeah. But I mean, he was very much dragged along throughout sure. the story. Like he didn't really make any decisions. I Everything guess that's true. was like, oh, like he never stood up for himself. He never empowered himself. And it was interesting because she did, and yes. that's so the opposite of what we yes, usually see. That's true. And she picked her career. Yep. And she succeeded in all these things where usually women, you know, oh, I'm a single woman. I can't be working or yeah. Her sort of the James, let's say the James Marsden character of the movie, like the person she's with but shouldn't be, isn't the one. You know, at a certain point, it's like, well, you, we said you could have a job if it didn't interfere with our lives. And at that point in the movie, I'm like, oh, great, she's gonna quit and just become a house, right, be right, a sad, right. I didn't fulfill my, and then she's like, nah, bitch, yeah. I'm gonna take care of it. So I thought this was very unique and refreshing yes. and lovely, and she the was costumes amazing. were great, and the look was great, and the the music was great. Oh, the music was great. It could have been a little more um, dramatic. Sure. For my taste. Can we talk real quick about her accent work? 
What, uh, what about? It? Whatever do you mean? Oh, affectation. It was, an, it was an affectation more than an accent, I guess. She went into a little bit of Judy every once in a while. Every, every once in a while, it was a little Judy. Oh, what do you mean, Robert? Oh, my God. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it was interesting because there was this whole storyline of, like, her mom was an etiquette teacher. And so, so there was a, a whole thing of, like, how she has to be... Proper, marry the right kind right. of guy. And, and I think that proper etiquette-ness was supposed to be re- represented yes. in her accent or her affectation. Yeah. But it was interesting to me. Yeah. And slightly distracting, but mostly just kind of fun. I think distracting just because you were like, ooh, Judy's here. A little bit, yeah. Oh, that's fun. Oh, yeah. (laughs) It was silly. But I would would actually really recommend it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was just, you know, it's not going to have you sobbing. No, which is fine. And that's fine. But it also was nice. It was heartwarming, actually. Yes. And it was a sweet romance, not a rom-com, but a romance. A a drama romance. Yeah, Uh, with a unique angle that I haven't seen and would love to see more of. Yes. So that was nice. And Tessa Thompson. I think she is like, well, first of all, she's dabulously on Fabulous. Oh, what now? (laughs) She's, she's. Obviously on Fabulous Condyland? Yes. Okay, great. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, obviously, yes. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Obviously. So one last movie to talk about, it was called And Then We Danced, which premiered at Cannes. It, I remember reading the titles about, like the headlines about it now, and I didn't realize that was the movie that we were going to. Well, so we read the blurb and it was Yeah, like, two dancers have a budding romance and, and you know, there's concerns that it'll affect their dancing careers because they're in Georgia. It takes place, it's filmed in Georgia. Did they film it in Georgia? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Take, parts of it? Maybe parts of it. Okay. I'm not sure if all of it was filmed there. Okay. The director was saying that he was inspired to make it after, in 2013, I think he yes. said, they 50 people in Georgia tried to have a gay pride rally and parade, sh- parade, a great pride, gay pride parade, and 20,000 people came out to protest it. Yes, and it like got ugly and it was it was sad. Yes, and so he wanted to create something that was a way to introduce people to the idea of that there's a. There is a gay person in every family, or, or you know. Well, he said um, a lot of the uh, prejudice in Georgia against homosexuals and and LGBT, uh, all of the above, is because they've never quote unquote met someone, right? right. They've never met an out person, right. maybe. Right. Um, and how a lot of it's just by default. Yeah. It's not you know it's just built in yeah. kind of thing, and yeah. how he wanted to show that they're real people and that they have feeling, you know, mm-hmm. all of that stuff and all of the above. So, so the blurb was like, oh, unlike a lot of you know. Of, of LGBT stories, this yes. one is uh, not about coming out and not about AIDS and death. And hate crimes. And it's, uh, you know, hopeful and joyous and, and whatever. And I disagree with that blurb a little bit. I, I think I it is say, about coming out. I w- yes, but not in that dramatic, uh, cliched way. I think joyous is the wrong word. I would say hopeful and, you know, not overtly depressing. It's certainly not overtly depressing. It is very much a romance between two men that are discovering themselves and their feelings. Mm-hmm. Um, and dealing with societal pressures, both poverty, you know, homophobia, yes. uh, you know, family requirements and illness, etc. There's a lot going on that's keeping them apart. It reminds me, there's a few different, I mean, there's always well, been... Well, I was, I was going to say, this is what I wanted Call Me My... Call Me By Your Name to be. Oh. I, I much preferred this. I definitely preferred this personally to Call Me By Your Name. Very different. <sighs> this is what I wanted from that movie, from Call Me By Your Name. Sure. It, like a... I felt more emotion. Yep. Um, more chemistry. More chemistry. More... They showed the gay sex. That's true. I mean, like, it wasn't shying away from it. Right. And I thought the lead was 
absolutely fantastic. He sort of looks like a, a very thin, young Martin Short in the oh. best way. He was he had a very dramatic face. He did. And he had the red hair. It was For me, it was like if you were to cross Eddie Redmayne uh -huh. and Tom Holland. Tom Holland is just like cute. Well, uh, but I dis I mean the Tom Hollandness was more of like his mannerisms and the dancerness. Okay, great. Cuz Tom Holland is a ballet dancer. Okay, but not his face. Not necessarily his face. A little bit though. I got that kind of like cute twinkie gay boy. And then there was also the Eddie Redmayne-ness of like the red hair, obviously, but also the more severe features. Like right, Eddie Redmayne right, right, has right. that kind of more angular. Either way, yeah, he was fantastic. He was great. He showed so much expression yeah. in his face. Yeah, um, and that comes from dancing. He's a dancer, and then he was found on Instagram. Turned actor. You know, it's in Georgian. It's in a second language, and yeah. so he showed so much without saying anything. Sure. And I thought that was so effective. Yeah. Where I didn't get those feelings as much in Copy My Your Name. I was oh. I was left not that we have to compare them, but they are similar. And I was left in Call Me By Your Name being like, uh like a lot of times being like, I'm not sure what you're conveying. Sure. From mostly from Marmy Hammer, let's be honest. Yes. Um, but I just thought they, uh, the chemistry was so good. I I just really loved them. Sure. I mean, they're similar in the sense that it's like a fleeting romance of people coming to terms with their sexuality, right. and and in, then in the end they don't end up together. Sure. But like against like the the similar, you know, like they couldn't be together because of society kind of things. But in calling my call me by your name, that's like not really the case. But like that's why I could. think it was. That it failed. Well, sure. <laughs> like I thought, I mean, this was, it doesn't matter. I thought okay. this movie was better and more yes. effective. Yes, this reminds me of. Um, uh, there's a bunch of movies like this, but uh, there's one that's Israeli called Yossi and Jagger or okay. Jagger. I don't know how it's pronounced. They're like in the military in okay. Israel, and they fall in love, and then it's like they have to move on after they're out of their stint serving. Because oh. you know how in Israel every yeah. civilian has to serve in the yeah, military for, yeah. for a period of time. So they like that's where they meet and fall in love and like realize, but then it's kind of like well love now that this. we're out, it's you great. You haven't told me about this. I haven't. No, it's really good. I love these movies because they are powerful and moving. Refreshing. I don't find it refreshing. I find it depressing. I found this movie to be depressing in the sense that like but they couldn't um, be together. The fact that you know it's not really a spoiler alert, but like he comes out to his brother in the end, and his right. brother's reaction is, "You have to leave this country, your home." with your family right. because otherwise you will have nowhere to go and, and you will be miserable and or murdered. Like, that's not <sighs> Refreshing's hopeful. the wrong word, but I just, it wasn't, it didn't go to a super dark, fucked up no. place. No, no. Which. No one died. I guess is not great. It's just not great. You know, like we shouldn't be like, yay, no one was murdered in a hate crime or got AIDS or, you're right. But I did really like this I movie. I really <laughs> liked it. It's just, I think for me, the blurb was misled me to the point where I was hoping that it would be something More different. More like Sylvie's Love, where it was like, and it was nice. Yes, and it was nice, and it wasn't that. Oh, and then they, and then they found each other, and they found love in, on the dance floor, you know? I love that. <laughs> sure. I mean, I love that, like, Robin was in this, though. and like. Oh, my God, so there's an impromptu Robin music video where yeah. he puts on this huge poofed um, hat and is dancing to Honey and I was like I, yeah. uh, I love it and, and they play and Abba very sexy number it was like sexual oh yeah well and they like I said they had a ton of chemistry I thought oh yeah I agree yeah so and the other guy was cute the lover yeah yeah they were good dancers. Unfortunately, the lover and the brother looked a lot alike. A little, a little too similar. Yeah. So I kept being like, "Oh, I, oh," and they were all dancing. Like they were right. all. They were all dancing together. Dance yeah, so it's hard to. Um, but we get to see a peek into like traditional Georgian dancing, which I had, you know, no yeah. idea yeah. about. It did make me laugh. I mean, this isn't really a spoiler, but essentially, it it ends in its flash dance. I mean, he's like, "I'm gonna dance for me." 
Well, I, you know, and I was like, yes, where's the lady blowing her nose? I love it. But it was silly. I mean, I did like that. I agree. And I liked that. I think that was that was the hopefulness. I guess what I'd say is this. It's refreshing and hopeful for Georgia. Sure. You know what I mean? Well, right. I guess for me, <laughs> like, it, it was, was like, just like, well, Jesus, there's still <laughs> countries where it's like, oh, right. the, 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 you have to leave in order to be yourself. Yes. But at the same time, I think that was the hopeful part where he was like, you know what? I am going to dance my way and I am going to get out of here. I'm going to get out of and, here. And I can still dance and be me, but yes. I can do it somewhere that will appreciate it. And they showed both sides like his, well, I guess we shouldn't spoil it, but let's say his lover doesn't t make the same choice. Right. Uh, but it was really interesting. So the director and the lead actor were there and they talked about how much adversity this movie faced in Georgia. Oh, right. They had three days of screenings where they sold 6,000 tickets, but sold they out had in to minutes. have armed guards and there was huge protests Protest. and you know people wanted to see it but they couldn't and it was so yeah. and upsetting yeah and at the same time i think that this is one of those movies in particular in these countries where the internet is so amazing to have yes where there's so many other ways because imagine i mean it probably wouldn't have been made or released at all 15 years ago. Absolutely. But the fact that now it can also be made and released in the rest of the world yeah. and online, and then anyone can watch it. Yeah. And I think that'll help progress this a lot further. Yes. Well, and he said, the director said that they basically had forced the Georgian government to take a stand. Sure. They were like, this right, is. Right, because it's legal. It's been legal, at least to be gay, which I mean, yikes. But like. Right. <laughs> In Georgia since, since like 2002, I think 11, he said. I think he said. Oh, maybe. Uh, Either way, a for a of period of years. But that they were, it was kind of just like a cursory, like, to get into the like, EU and whatever. Cool, yeah, but we're not, like, we were, enforcing this. No, exactly, yeah. exactly. So I think, yeah, they had to officially recognize the law and be like, yeah, this is... Right, and, like, they sort of... Uh, Held a sign, held a mirror up to them, and be like, yes. "Look, you yeah. need to actually yeah. do something about this." Yeah. I really liked this movie. I thought I the too. performances were great. Yeah. I liked the characters. I found them all interesting. I felt like I understood them. Yes, and I, I would it was really well recommend done. it. Absolutely. But I wouldn't. I would not use the word joyous. No, I would not. That was a mistake. That was, I, that was the big thing for me. I just went in with the wrong expectations, and I still really enjoyed it. I was right. just like, "Oh well, that was." Not joyous. I, I think uh, the second it started, I was like, oh, this will not be joyous. <laughs> but I'm really into what's happening. Yeah. Well, so cheers. I'm out of wine. So we have to go oh, up gotta, to the party and I get some more. I gotta work on this. Oh, man. <laughs> We're going to be seeing a few more movies before we leave. So we might yeah. do more reviews on those. But thanks for joining. Make sure to subscribe. Rate and review us on iTunes. It really helps. Yes. And we love to read them and yes. see what everyone has to say. And cheers to yeah. Sundance. Very yes. exciting. Boop. Thank you.